What's up, futurists? Michael here, and you're listening to Our Future, the business podcast for young people. On today's episode, I chat with Brian Sweetie, who's had quite literally a legendary adventure in business. In the 90s, he served as the chief marketing officer at PepsiCo before becoming the first COO at eBay. Since retiring from that post, Brian has served on the boards of iconic companies like Burger King, Jamba Juice, Shutterfly, and Care.com. And in 2011, he decided he wanted to innovate in the food system, launching Sweet Earth Natural Foods. It's a company based in Monterey, California, dedicated to making the best vegetarian foods. This one is full of business wisdom. Hope you guys enjoy. You were a chief marketing officer of PepsiCo. I can't imagine being in that position of a company that we think of as the very essence of marketing. One of the things that Pepsi did was took something that was, as we know, a small pleasure um, that becomes a bad vice uh, when it's used too much um, and infused it with uh, character, personality, spirit, and it was based on kind of a, a mirror in some ways of, of culture. We, we kind of appropriated <laughs> culture and infused it in our little product to make it uh, interesting. And, you know, I look back at it now and it's almost comical to me at um, how this little thing <laughs> you know, was important. And I thought it was really important. It was a lot of fun. Let's put it that way. What was it like just having that major responsibility of this worldwide brand, this respected storied brand and being in the driver's seat for kind of how it's put out there? It felt good. I mean, we had, uh, you know, an $800 million marketing budget. Uh, So we had, we had a lot of uh, walk around money. Uh, We were able to you know, you're on the firing line, yeah. you know, you're, 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 you're center stage. Uh, there is no margin for error. So at one type, at one side, it's really exhilarating because you're, you're on a stage, right? In, in many ways. And the other side, it's high beta kind of work. Flip side is that Pepsi is a large, you know, employed a lot of people. Um, I think at the time we employed about 120,000 people. Our, bottler, our bottlers probably had another 150,000 people and they kind of depended on you. So you had a little internal responsibility as well. You know, there's that leadership quotient that's that, you know, is the, is the mantle of responsibility to succeed just like a, you know, a coach in sports, you have to win for some reason, because we had created this fall war with Coca-Cola we, you know, we created an enemy and um, it, it was, you know, it gave people a target and gave us momentum. So every good um, story has a villain. So it was, you know, it, it, it was, you know, we used to think about it as a political campaign, um, you know, how we could position ourselves relative, you know, and, and respond within minutes. And, you know, we were, you know, lots of tactics and so it was it was an interesting time. After Pepsi, you found yourself a very visionary group, eBay. Before it was eBay, just the idea. Did you know it was going to be so big? When I left uh, Pepsi, it was kind of a celebrated thing. And then when I 
was, frankly, I was in a bubble, right? I was in this Pepsi East Coast marketing bubble. I, uh, I had some establishment jobs that were available to me um, and some very exciting ones. Uh, you know, and I interviewed with Amazon, Yahoo, et cetera. And what happened was I was interviewing for a CEO job for Elon. And I was uh, in the airport um, uh, going back from San Francisco to New York. And I got a call from uh, Bob Cagle, who was the head of Benchmark Capital. On a cell phone? On a cell phone. Yeah, we had okay. those. Then. You had those. So okay. We didn't. It was a flip little thing. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't I that big. Was, gotcha. Um, and he said, will you do me a favor and um, come back and interview with a company that we're really high on called eBay? I took my ticket, picked up a cab and went to dinner with uh, Meg Whitman and Pierre Midiar. What had happened was. Bob Cagle had called Meg and asked for a reference for me. She started screaming at him saying, you're a board member for eBay. I'm looking for a marketing person. He's one of the best ones out there. Why did you, you know, immediately send him over to me? So that's why he had begged me to come back for the interview. Uh, the next morning I went into eBay and it was the antithesis of what you thought of as uh, internet culture. It was super quiet. Uh, people were behind closed doors. It was kind of bizarre actually. Um, and then they explained to me the the idea, and it was uh, I don't want to say that I was that prescient, but uh, I had pretty good judgment on on why the company was successful. So the first thing you look is a quote unquote addressable market. What's the market potential? And I immediately said, the market potential in this is limitless. Basically mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. So even though they were, so at that point, you have to realize that 10% of eBay's sales were Beanie Babies. So, so the number one thing they, on eBay was Beanie Babies. But I could see that the addressable market, which was at the time I thought all used goods, you know, with a core of quote unquote collectibles, but the addressable market was significant. And, you know, back then, Amazon was a bookstore. Yeah. Why did eBay not become like the Amazon, like, was that yeah, so, something you guys thought about? Yeah. So you have to realize at that time, Amazon tried to mimic us and come out with a marketplace like ours and failed. You know, I viewed them as our number one competitor. We actually had a board member, uh, Scott Cook, who's a close friend of mine who was on both boards and much to our management's dismay, I refused to go to the board meeting with Scott Cook there because I said, he's the competitor. And, you know, that was one of those tension things that people didn't want to go through, but I viewed them as the competitor and it, it pains me today. So if you look at Amazon today, 80% of the profit from their, uh, online consumer business, you know, take away AWS and Amazon, uh, uh, their, their film uh, piece, 80% of their profit is from independent sellers, not revenue, but profit. Those actually probably could have been eBay sellers. You know, I left early, um, so I can't be one to criticize. Did you leave after the IPO? 
No, I left uh, five years after I got there. And um, okay. when did they go public? Two thousand four. No, we went public in uh, ninety eight. Okay. Ninety eight. Wow. Ninety eight. Yeah, I was there for about a year. Uh, maybe I think it was late ninety eight. Wow. So you were there for a year and then they were public. Yes. So much that was just rocket ship growth. Yes. I mean, it was. We had forty million in revenue, and we were valued at you know, you know, five hundred million or something. And eBay really survived the dot com bust. Like, obviously, you guys had a great. We had a place. hiccup. We had a hiccup. We had a, a hiccup in terms of our valuation. We didn't have a hiccup in terms of our business. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there was a lot of what we call vaporware right out there at that time. One thing that you've done in between your current role as president of Sweet Earth and leaving eBay is join a bunch of boards. And you are a director at Care.com, at Shutterfly. You were one at Jamba Juice. You, you join the Burger King board. What's the what's the best part of being on a board and just like going to those meetings and just talking shop with like all these insanely accomplished yeah. stakeholders? I think when you see people succeed and you feel like you're supporting them, you know, that that feels good. That's um, I hate to use another sports analogy, but uh, when you talk to coaches um, the two things they'll talk about is number one, winning just, you know, they like competition, uh, and, and the result and, and, and having the satisfaction of being the best. But the second thing, and the thing that they really at their core, they love is helping someone else succeed, being a mentor, supporting them, challenging them, pushing them. So I think that's one of the allures is being around super talented people. Cause when, you know, if you're on a board, you're dealing with the uh, CEO and the, and the leadership team. And these are really generally very capable people that have had a long successful career. So it's fun to be around them. And you also learn from them. So you'll learn a lot of things, you know? So one of the successes in life is being an eternal le learner. So when you yeah. stop learning, you start dying. Um, so that's so important for everybody. And so that, that was uh, the gift that they gave to me. So Pepsi serving on the board of Burger King, Jamba Juice, those companies push a lot of unhealthy foods. And now you're president of Sweet Earth Natural Foods, which is in the direction of sustainability and, and healthy. How, how, how do you look back on, on your, your past and your, and your present? I didn't realize when I was at Pepsi, I was hurting people. And so those were individual choices that people made, but we were part of encouraging it right through our packaging and our pricing and everything else. So, uh, you know, I was on the wrong side of food. There's no question. My daughter, Brianna, who's a earth scientist, um, when she became a vegetarian, I kind of understood uh, completely the, you know, the tragedy that we are inflicting on the planet through our food systems kind of said, okay, we can do a small part in that, um, in uh, creating a plant-based uh, food company. So we, we saw that the marketplace was changing. Uh, we had a quote-unquote emission that was admirable, I think, to, to be a small impact in the food systems. And the third thing is we had capability. And the last thing I was a part of it is that I'd always wanted to do something in our local community where we lived. 
um, to create, you know, uh, to create good jobs. So when we created a business, we created jobs. And are you growing these foods, you know, here in Monterey and uh, in Central California? No, we don't. We don't grow them ourselves. We purchase them, and we purchase yeah. them across the food system. is incredibly complex, and the supply chain is very advanced. Yeah. So it's food crazy. comes from everywhere, but quote unquote, we bought a lot of local stuff. Um, and all our employees are local. So we went from five employees to 350. And for a small community, 350 good paying jobs has a, is a good thing. Do you think that business is a series of mistakes and the occasional lucky decision? Or do you think it's more calculated than that? I worked in one of the proudest things I had at PepsiCo is we started the quote unquote new beverages. And we were, uh, had a partnership with a young company out in Seattle which is called Starbucks. And uh, we had worked really hard to uh, create a, a beverage with Starbucks. It was a coffee soda called Mazagran. And it was uh, one of my favorite products. And it had the most beautiful bottle, wonderful name, and it failed. It was like, it failed. And now here I had created this partnership that and I was done, 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 done. And so we had also happened to be creating a, uh, going against the milk market because we thought that was an opportunity. And so we had created a little thing called Smooth Moose, which was a chocolate drink with a, a new package. It looked like a nostalgic uh, uh, milk bottle with a little cow character that was really cute. It was, and we had new emulsifying technology and we imported this Japanese packaging. It was like really good. Um, and so when this happened, I said, why don't we put a shot of espresso in the milk sh in the in the smooth mousse? And that was Frappuccino. Uh, Frappuccino. So that that's how we created Frappuccino. If you go look today, the same, but it's the same bottle. It was meant for a smooth mousse. So sometimes failing creates a forcing you into some kind of innovation. You know, I'd say success is always execution. If you can't execute, you, you're nothing. But when you think about idea creation, I think, I think half of them are, you know, uh, a good idea uh, or an average idea that, you, that, you, that turns into a big idea by chance. By chance, lucky like strike. Yeah. So, so if you... <laughs> If you're not swinging the bat, you're never going to hit the ball. So <laughs> swing the bat. <laughs> yeah. Take the shot. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Brian Sweetie. He's the current president of Sweet Earth Natural Foods. And as you've heard, I love what he said about failure and how luck is a big part of the business world. Honestly, I think we should take his advice. Let's take a swing at it, guys. Talk to you on Friday. Really enjoyed this one. Stay safe. Stay frosty. Stay frosty.